we've all been affected by cancer in one way or another, right? Whether it be a relative, whether it be a good friend or a friend of a friend, whatever the case may be. However, it's a, it's, it's a whole nother thing when you get that message from your doctor to say, yes, this is cancer. Yes, you have it. On this episode of Genuine Human Connection, I speak with a former client of mine about his experiences discovering a cancerous tumor in his bladder. At that point, you know, your whole your whole mind just goes somewhere else, you know. For me, I stopped hearing her. As soon as she said that, and I kind of knew, you know, and you know, but I stopped hearing her and I just started thinking, oh my God, this means I'm going to die. Ed Tilsner and his wife first met with me in 2019. As our social circles and mutual interests overlapped, we started to socialize more, and I discontinued my professional relationship with them. Even through the pandemic, we have stayed in touch. In February, I learned Ed had developed a cancerous tumor. He said he wanted to share his experience with my audience. So, days after emergency surgery to remove the tumor, we talked about cancer, fear, community, and human connection. I went in for a scope on a Thursday morning, and at 12.30 that afternoon, we had a flight to go visit my daughter in Oklahoma City. And I thought this was going to be a routine scope. They're going to say to me, everything's great, Ed. Have a great day. See you, you know, see you in a month. And it wasn't. I left the hospital, and on my way to the airport, uh, we got a call from oncology. I'm like, wow, that was fast. I mean, this is 15 minutes after I left the hospital and I have the cancer center calling me. I got to Oklahoma City and I said, well, I'm going to have to tell my daughter. And I sat down with her. It was just her and I. It was late at night. And I said, listen, I got, uh, I have cancer. And she goes, well, what do the tests say? What, 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 what do you have? What are the facts? And this, I said, well, uh, I'll know more on Monday. She goes, well, you don't know anything then. And she shut right down and didn't want any part of it. Like, you don't know anything. So don't even go there and talk about it. And... And I know, I said, okay. And I just saw, I said, okay. You, you don't want to hear any of this because she just absolutely just shut down. It's like, nope, nope, you don't have it. Not at all. And that was really hard because I said, oh my gosh, she doesn't want to admit that, that her dad has cancer and we don't know. I experienced cancer with my dad when I was 18 or 19 and I lived through it with him at that, at that age. <clears throat> and it's stuck with me ever since. So that had a really, that had a huge impact on me, you know, mentally um, throughout my life. Um, <clears throat> and I never thought it was crazy. Cause I never thought I said, my dad died at 51 and I hope this doesn't run in the family. You know, it's, maybe that's going to be, you know, just the way it is in our, our family. And, you know, when I passed 51 and became 52, I was like, oh boy, I made it. When my dad was sick, um, I had to deal with it in the sense that I was in the military then. So I kept coming back and flying home, emergency leave, emergency leave. So it did have an impact because every time I came home, it was going to be, this is the time, this is it now, this is it now. And um, it just, it stayed with me. 
and, and I watched him. I took him to his chemo, to his radiation while I was home. So all those things. And, I, you know, now it's my turn. And uh, I, I think I went right back to that time. And also one thing that really hit me hard was I'd never realized how strong of a tribe I was part of. And that means, you know, you talked about human connection and we all need that human connection. But when I, when I married Rini, a whole new tribe opened up to me, something I was never, uh, I never had, right? Uh, a tight tribe. And it was really hard for me to adjust to that or become part of it because I didn't know how to, because I had never had it before. And now I, and I was growing, it was, it was, I was learning, okay? We all have to learn. And for me, I had to learn to be part of that. And with this, it's really kind of opened up because these people came out and just showed support and love. And it was just, you know, it brought tears to my eyes. You know, actually it made me cry. I like, wow, these people really care about me. And I never really saw it. You think you do, but you don't. And there's that human connection. It's like, wow. And you need that. Your soul needs that human connection, you know? What were the, the things that happened that made you feel connected? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, that true, sincere mm, love where somebody can look at you and say, you know, I really love you. I really care about you. How can I help you? What can I do for you? What do you need from me? And it's like, well, I, you know, I've, I've never had that. My whole life was, was different than that. But then I started to open up about that. And people would, you know, uh, call me, text me, uh, how's things today? What's going on? What do you need from me? Heck, I even had one of her friends come to the hospital for surgery and sit there with my wife, right? Um, from our, you know, from our tribe and just gave up her entire day with, you know, I said, you know, thank you so much for doing this. You didn't have to do this. And it's like, you cut it out. Of course, I'm going to do this for you, right? And uh, it, it was it was just such an amazing feeling, you know, to have these, you know, um, these people do this. Uh, I'm at a loss for words because it really does. You know, you get a little verklempt, yeah? <laughs> so, um, but uh, I've never had that connection. And if this is something that comes out of that, that's fantastic, right? Fantastic. I have to give back. Now I learn I have to give back to these, you know, I have to. It's not that I owe anybody, but it's only the right thing to do. And I feel, I feel it in my, in my soul now. So <clears throat> they have touched my soul, truly touched my soul. That has never been touched like this before. And it, um, it just opens up, you know, rather than looking at certain things as, you know, so myopic, right? It, Everything is just opened up like, wow, what have I been missing? Right. Well, to be, uh, to be just to put a, just a dash of cynicism in there yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In, in order to just kind of take a, a larger viewpoint, a scope of this, if, we, if, if you will let me, um, yeah, yeah. that people who feel pain for other people, are they not trying to appease their own suffering? 
I, I feel bad. What can I do? I feel pain. I need to alleviate that pain. I'm going to do something to help me alleviate that pain by doing something nice for this other person that makes me feel better. I've done the thing that needs to be done and now I can move on with my life. Right. And maybe that's it, right? You bring up a great point. So I don't know. And I, and I look for that. And then you say, there's a dash of cynicism. Absolutely. Um, why would I even go there? say, you know, this is this, but you think of these things. Well, it helps us to self-reflect also like, oh, when have I done this? If that's what they're doing, I, I can't imagine that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm holier than thou and I would never do anything like that. It makes me think, oh, have I done that? Have I done that at some point? Um, yeah, it, 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 it's a matter of uh, self-exploration, self-reflection. When you, when you have those mirrors around you, everyone in our life is a mirror. And when they do something that we, we are impacted by, then we can look in the mirror and say, oh, is that me? This is a re reflection of me. Absolutely. How many times have you hung on with somebody and say, well, listen, I don't know what's going on here, but I got, I got some other things to do, you know, but, but who knows? And it's okay. It's all right. You know, it's fine. I don't want anybody to sit here and dedicate their lives to looking after Ed or this or that. How's Ed today? That's not, they don't need to be doing that. They have other things to do with their life. Hey, thanks for checking in, you know? That's, that's fine. And, uh, you know, I love them just as much. We love when things are put up on a pedestal or, or stand alone and are observable away from the crowd. So I'm thinking of like, there's so many dogs and cats put to sleep all the time every day euthanized because shelters are too full but if you take any one of those dogs or cats regardless it doesn't matter what they look like how old they are and it, you you post a picture of them on in the newspaper or on a website or you know a facebook group oh look i'm fostering this animal everybody wants that animal do you feel well i was put on display here i i was i was singled out as oh there's someone who is suffering with something i want to be the person who's associated with having helped that person it may sound odd I, I, it may sound odd and maybe not. Maybe it's something that people never even talked about or kind of felt but never said anything. But, you know, regardless of your, your of, 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 a, of a cancer diagnosis and then, you know, people come together and they come to your side. But as human beings, do we actually really like that attention? All of a sudden, we're in the spotlight, you know, where we're the attention with, with no questions asked, right? Uh, things that a cancer diagnosis brings, and then when friends come together, you're always, you're on the spot, man, and everybody's about you. And then that's why you say you look like, and what happens when that fades away? I don't want to diminish from the idea of this this ideal uh, quality of tribe and feeling that people you felt love and that people came to you and were supportive and so forth, and yet what what's the mechanism i'm curious I mean, i'm just kind of like now i'm picking it apart like a like i'm taking a, a clock and i want to see how do how do its gears work what's going on in there we like attention regardless of of the, the catastrophic things that brought us to get that attention you know but we like it and it, you know and it helps us forget after a while Wow, I'm important. Look at everybody's talking. Oh, wow, I feel so good. You know, people really care. And then all of a sudden, it's such the it'll wean. It's like anything else. It's, it's and then what happens then? Right, right, yeah. And and so this this idea of connection, I've I've questioned whether or not there's anything enduring in it. 
or is it mercurial in nature? It's it's transient. It's 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 there to support us and not. Um, or is it always there? It just changes form, and we don't necessarily recognize it. You know, maybe we don't recognize it because it's not what we want it to be. Maybe that's why we don't recognize because we want it to be this thing. We want this type of attention. If we're not getting that type of attention or we're not getting what we expect to get, then it's, you know, then it's not it. Can a person feel less lonely afterwards than they did before? Uh, sort of like um, now I know what it feels like to have all this support and attention and, and people coming to my rescue and wanting to help me and, and provide their love. And then, and then the, the floor drops out on it. And it feels even worse than it did before when you were just going along, not even considering it. Now there's a loss somehow. Yeah, because it's not there anymore, right? That support's not there anymore. That care, that spotlight's gone, right? It's diminished somewhat. But the way I see it now, it's it. I don't think it would bother me at all. And I, I think it's something that I would expect. And so you can't dedicate all your time or you can't, you can't keep this up. Mm -hmm. I'm fine, you know? Um, I wouldn't expect somebody to do that, but I say that now mm -hmm. because I have the support and the spotlight, right? And it feels pretty good. It feels pretty warm under here. However, it's going to come that time, right? We have to be realistic and be real with ourselves. Yeah, and it's that loneliness that that makes us crave the things that we do to ease that loneliness. So we're lonely, mm -hmm. so we look for a mate. We're lonely, so we text. We're lonely, so we uh, go to a, a dance party, or we even just go to the grocery store so we can be around other people and talk to the, the checkout lady at the at the stand. Sure. I have a an exercise that I've done with people that I'm curious to see how effective it is. Um, I've done it with some people who have um, uh, um, alternative sexual interests and needs that have a difficult time finding a partner to um, to understand them, and they feel lonely. And so I've done this one exercise with people where I I attempt to um, connect them with themselves because I feel that at the end of the day, if you can be self-sufficient, <laughs> then you don't, you, you, you're not at a loss and a need uh, for other people. You're not dependent on other people to give you um, that which you need to move through your day and to function through your day. Uh, and so anything that I can do to try to give people that self-support um, I think is a useful tool if it's effective. There's one thing I know how to do, be alone. I really know how to do that. And I enjoyed it because maybe it was an escape where I didn't have to talk about anything or say anything. So sometimes when you have something like this, you can say, well, you know what? I can be alone now, fully justified. Yeah, there and are have... people that suffer from loneliness more than others. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. I, I don't know, but you know, it's like, like I said, I've always been so alone in my life. It's one thing my wife says, you, you know, you've been alone too long. Yeah. You know, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, well, wow. Maybe I find that very interesting also, because you're right. There are people that I don't know. I'd love to explore what it is for people that have sort of this natural uh, ability to be self-sustaining in, right. in their aloneness and not be right. lonely from their aloneness. And right. then the people that feel lonely, even being amongst all these family members and friends and people at work, and they still feel lonely. So what, what is loneliness too? That's a, 
as much as I ask the question, what is connection? I ask, what is loneliness? And I don't know. I don't know either. You know, for me, it was very satisfying to be alone. I didn't want to Mm -hmm. do this. I didn't want, I know Mm -hmm. it's, anyway, yeah, I, I enjoyed being alone. Right. So maybe for some of us, it's the trouble of being with other people outweighs the the um, peace that we get from not having to deal with other people. So it's not that we don't feel loneliness. We just feel more kind of what do you want to call it? Just a frustration with how do you how do you interact with people? I'm not skilled at this. I don't really know what I'm doing. For me, it wasn't that I I think I was more of a cynical type. Mm. And like, why bother? People are just going to let you down. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. I was very, very cynical. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's a terrible way to live. Looking back at it, it's like, wow, why would you want to be like that? Uh, but I guess life gets you there sometimes, or you allow life to get you there. It's because we want to. It's because it seems like it's kind of been proven a little too often. And so I'm looking for that other shoe to drop. Right, right, right. I don't want to bother. I don't want to take the effort to walk down that path that I know is going to lead to this place that seems to have led there so many times before. Exactly. It's going to be, it's going to be this all over again. You're right. It's the place that, you know, leads you to where you've been so many times before and you're tired of it. Mm -hmm. And you're right. The other shoe to drop, you know, that's an interesting thing you said. Uh, I was with a friend and uh, you know, they were, you know, anyway, her and her partner, you know, going through their things. I said, how are you? How's things going? Everything seems to be, she goes, everything's great, but I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh Uh-huh. Well, what does that mean? And I was like, oh no, don't be like that. No, no, you know? And, uh, but yeah, you're right. I want to be wise and guard myself. And at the same time, I don't want to create the thing and make it a self-prophecy. Well, exactly. I was going to say, how much of this is a self-fulfilled prophecy, right? How much of this stuff do we do and say, told you, mm-hmm. but you created it yourself. Mm-hmm. Of course it's going to happen. You made it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, in one way or another, maybe without realizing it, but yeah, without realizing it, exactly. Um, and yeah, so again, there's some more of that self recognition and mirroring. Okay, so if it happens enough times, what's the common element? The common element is me. Well, How me. might I be creating this? Let me look at this uh, further. That and that's another reason for doing this podcast is, hmm, what am I missing? I, I'm I'm not doing the thing is everybody not doing the thing is it just me Uh, do we all have a problem trying to connect or am i just am i just not understanding what connection is or all these people are fucked up and i'm the only one that gets it right i'm the only one that gets it but people need to listen follow me you know follow me people i'm gonna follow me i don't know what i'm doing but you should be doing it too (laughs) right because i'm right right you know but you're right but yeah i don't know what i'm but come on you know Let's go to the end of the pier. I think that being in balance is always a key. So, Oof. Oof. so, so not completely going over the edge of cynicism and saying, oh, this is exactly the way it's going to be. And I'm waiting for it to happen. But to be, to be aware, I think is helpful. And then also appreciative. So not appreciative so much that we assume this will always be the way that it is and nothing will ever change and love will will never die, but to be appreciative of it now in the moment and aware that it will and can change. I think you hit a key word there when you said aware and and, and that comes with balance, Mm -hmm. right? Awareness, you know, you have to really be aware of what's going on around you. And I think sometimes you shut that down and you, you believe in a certain awareness. 
whether it's the reality that is the reality of the awareness that's happening, or is it just your awareness that you want to believe in? Balance is so key. When you said that word, it really, it just really hit me hard because yes, it's, it's so, so true. Everything is balanced. Life is balanced. The universe is balanced. The energy is balanced, right? All of those things. And these are just things that have come, come to light in the past year or two years through therapy and other means, right? Being with you, having sessions and things like that. You know, this is all learning for me. It's all learning. I want to thank Ed for sharing a deeply personal subject with us. And I hope this episode has provided insights into what genuine human connection is for you, for yourself, and your community. This is Lori Booth for the Genuine Human Connection Podcast. More episodes can be found on music platforms everywhere or by visiting my website, lorybooth.com. That's L-O-R-I-B-O-O-T-H.com.